that our volume is not working. Is that okay now? Let me check. I'm sorry, everybody. We just got a message that you can't hear us. And so I'm wondering if you can. Can you hear us now? Okay, I think you can hear us now. I hope I apologize, everybody. We just got a message that our volume was not so good. Okay, so let me just give you a, a quick graph and you know, give you some context as to what we're gonna talk about tonight because we're principally gonna introduce to you uh, a new campaign that Code Pink is working on. Uh, so in the last days of the outgoing Trump administration, then Secretary of State Mike Pompeo added Cuba back onto the list of state sponsors of terrorism after it had been removed from the list in 2015 by the Obama Biden White House that had certified, oh, excuse me, White House, had certified that one, the government of Cuba has not provided any support for international terrorism during the preceding six month period. And two, the government of Cuba has provided assurances that it will not support acts of international terrorism in the future. Trump's redesignation of Cuba to the list was purely a political move to please conservative Cuban Americans. The excuse was that Cuban was purportedly providing safe haven for Colombian insurgents. But those insurgents were in Cuba because of the island's role in facilitating the historic peace accounts, peace accords, excuse me, between the Colombian government and guerrilla groups. So this is really like a catch-22 for them. Insurgent activity years ago during Colombia's civil strife does not fit the definition of international terrorism, and the guerrilla representatives were in Cuba as part of an internationally recognized peace process. By being on this list, Cuba is subjected to a series of sanctions and international financial restrictions that limit the nation's ability to carry out critical financial transactions, including those needed to advance its efforts to combat the pandemic and reboot its economy. So this is uh, this is something really heavy for conversation tonight. <laughs> yes. What makes a terrorist? And we would argue, as our friend Vijay Prashant says, that Cuba is not a state sponsor of terrorism, it's a state sponsor of healthcare, international healthcare. So Medea, let's talk about this campaign. And some of you that are watching may have already received uh, our email from Code Pink to sign on and that we will put the, uh, uh, the link into uh, the YouTube chat and the Twitter chat for you. But let's talk about what makes presumably Cuba a terrorist state and why we at Code Pink believe it's not. And nor do many Cubans believe it's not. Well, first let's start out by saying the US should not be having uh, its own list of things of terrorism. Uh, in a more objective sense, the US would be on that list. Um, and you know, it really should be up to international bodies like the United Nations to determine that. Uh, it is purely political for the United States. And in the case of Cuba, Cuba was put on the political reasons, taken off the list during the Obama administration for political reasons, put back on the list uh, by Trump to curry favor with uh, right-wing Cuban Americans and try to get more votes in Florida. And then Biden came in 
And we all thought that Biden was going to follow the path of Obama, which is normalize relations with Cuba. Which and he campaigned on. Which he campaigned on. Absolutely, Terry. Among Cuban Americans. Yes, and, and it was very popular uh, when, when Obama did it. It was popular among all sectors of the population, including the business sector that wants to trade more with Cuba. And so Biden came in and we thought, oh, you know, within the first week, he's just going to lift this because this is something you do by executive order, not a vote in Congress at all. It is up to the president. So Biden didn't do it. Month went by, another month went by, a year goes, still hasn't done it. Now, recently, he took some very tiny baby steps to ease some of the problems in Cuba and Cuba-US relations, um, but they were very baby steps, saying that US airlines could go to more places than just Havana. Just think about that, Terry, that the US is telling US airlines what cities in Cuba they should be able to fly to. It's absolutely insane. And also telling us if we go to visit, we can't go to the beach. We, we, we're right, we, we still are. He made it a little easier to go to uh, uh, Cuba by reinstating what's called people-to-people -people ties, but you still can't go to Cuba as a tourist. If you go and lie on the beach and swim in the beautiful, beautiful Caribbean ocean, you are violating the law. U.S. law. law, the U.S. law. law. Yes, not, make that not very clear. Law. Yeah, not the sovereign law of the state. People are doing. U.S. citizens are doing every single day because we realize how ridiculous it is. And the Biden administration is not going to go knock on your door and say somebody saw you swimming in the uh, Caribbean. Um, but nevertheless, it's on the books and it scares people away. And that's you know a yeah. lot of the reason for doing it. Uh, he said that. Cuban Americans living in the US no longer have a, a cap on the amount of money they can send to their relatives, uh, but they still haven't reopened Western Union. Uh, mm -hmm. The US has still kept those restrictions. So there's really no easy way to send remittances. And you know, in all over the world, people in poorer countries migrate to richer countries to work to send money back to their families all over the place. And sending money back to Cuba is a very difficult thing to do. And it's part of this idea of just strangling the Cuban right. economy, uh, which the US wants to do. And with the intention of making life so bad for Cuban citizens that they presumably would want to change that. Well, right. Of course, we're going to have to What's the definition of insanity, yeah. right? Yeah. That the, uh, it, yeah. You keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. Well, that's what yeah. the U.S. has been doing. And of course, now they think, get Cuba while it's down. And mm -hmm. Cuba is down. I mean, let's face it. COVID hit Cuba very, very hard because they shut down the country to tourism. And tourism was a very important part of their income. And add that into all the other things that are happening around the world, the inflation uh, affecting Cuba terribly, uh, the fact that Venezuela used to provide Cuba with oil and now it's more difficult to do that. Um, 
the uh, and all of the sanctions that the Trump administration imposed on Cuba have made life very difficult. And so when there was a, a, a so protest- he imposed sanctions on top of the sanctions- On top, on top of the ones that already existed, yeah. 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 And the then when people came out on the streets last year on July 11th to protest the lack of food and medicines, the uh, uh, outages of electricity in certain provinces, um, that was greeted by Cuban Americans and conservatives in the US of saying, now, yes, you know, we're gonna see the uprising. We're gonna see this overthrow after 60 years. And it didn't happen. Now they say it's because Cuba cracked down so hard on the protesters. But there's another reason, Terry, that people have to realize, which is I was in Cuba uh, at the time and in November when there was supposed to be a new uprising. And what I realized is that Cuban people are much more concerned about getting by and helping their neighbors get by because there's a real sense of community um, than they were about rising up against the government and saying, what would happen then? Who would take over? The, the Cuban right wing would come and start buying up everything here and we would even lose our homes or there would be a civil war in Cuba. And yeah, and even if they didn't like the Cuban government, they said, no, 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 we don't want to go there. We want to improve things in Cuba. And the government, to its credit, since last year, has been opening up and trying to find more ways that Cubans can get involved and participate uh, in the most important aspects of their lives, from the economy to social issues to a, a family code that's being talked about all over the island. So this is a very difficult time for the Cubans. And the measures that Biden took don't go nearly far enough to help ease the economic situation. And it's so bad that there is a new wave of migration, people trying to come into the United States. We're seeing that here through Mexico. Right, and they're coming through Mexico. And this is something that worries the US. I mean, the US leaders don't care about the well-being of the Cuban people, but they do care about immigration that is affecting Biden and his popularity in the elections. It's causing, they're causing it, absolutely. So that's why there were discussions with Cuban officials for the first time in the Biden administration just last month because of the immigration issues. And of course the Cubans are saying, we know a lot of ways that you can help us. And um, that's lifting the embargo. So as part of lifting the embargo, we would like Biden to overturn the 243 sanctions that Trump imposed to normalize relations, to um, really treat Cuba as a, um, as a sovereign nation. A sovereign nation, exactly. <laughs> yes. A sovereign nation with people that are capable of making their own decisions. But unfortunately, it's a political issue with Menendez, the uh, senator from New Jersey being so key to Biden getting, trying to get things passed in the Senate, they still don't get passed anyway. Um, Florida being a key state, uh, elections coming up. So they still are catering to this right-wing Cuban-American sector instead of doing what's better for Cubans and the US. Now this right-wing, this is the demographic changing for us. 
generationally and also just, I mean, we have you particularly, so we have friends at Ted King, but we have specifically the part of Russell. I mean, you're looking at people who are more concerned, or I shouldn't say more concerned, their concern is for their friends, their family, their homes, their people. Absolutely, absolutely. When you said Carlos, it's Carlos Lazos from, from Puentes de Amor, who we are working with very closely, who is building a huge community of Cuban Americans who are saying exactly what you said, Terry, which is, we want to send money to our family back home. We want to help our family. We want reunification of the families. We want people to be able to go back and forth. We want uh, things that are good for our relatives. And um, so, yes, there is a broad sector of the Cuban American community that does want better relations, but unfortunately, that is not who Biden is listening to. And that's why we need to launch his campaign and make it big. And the reason we chose this issue of being a state sponsor of terrorism is because this is such a key issue to Cuba being able to trade with any country, not just the yeah. US, with anywhere. Yeah. So I think and we should do more maybe to explain to people why being on that list. So what so is good. that? How many countries are in that? So this is a list designated by the United States. So it's created by the United States and the and the countries on it are They're, chosen by the United States. And it's only Syria, North Korea, and Iran. And Cuba. Yeah. And now Cuba. Yeah. So what, what gets somebody on that list? What gets a country on that list? Well, it's purely it's arbitrary. arbitrary. It's it, U.S. It's absolutely <laughs> arbitrary because the U.S. decides and then changes its mind when there's somebody else in the White House. So obviously there is not some real criteria. Uh, they say they do a study and determine whether a country is supporting terrorism overseas. Uh, the fact that the Obama administration took Cuba off the list and certified that Cuba is not a state sponsor of terrorism tells you that it's all political. And so when a country gets put on that, it has all sorts of ramifications. Mm -hmm. And the biggest one is that the banking system, the international finance, the trade companies, they're all very afraid of working with Cuba because they are afraid of being sanctioned by the US. Yes. And so it's uh, you know, we just had lunch with somebody from the Cuban embassy mm -hmm. in Mexico City, and he said, let me just give you a little example. He said he ordered some books from Amazon and wanted to have them delivered to the Cuban embassy where he works. And he got a call and they said, we can't deliver them to the embassy because you're on the list of state sponsors of terrorism. So could you meet us on the corner so we could give you the books? Well, the embassy is Cuban sovereign land. All on. But even so, yeah. they couldn't go and yeah. deliver it. So that's one tiny example, but it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's big. And so absolutely, yeah. you know, it's ludicrous, but it hurts yeah. and it hurts the economy terribly, terribly. It means that you can't take out loans from banks. Um, it means that you can't do normal financial transactions. You can't use credit cards, um, that you are blocked from the international financial system. And you have to find you all kinds of ways. And you can't, and you can't, uh, you can't renegotiate any foreign debt that you may have. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you have to find all kinds of other ways that cost a lot more money. So all of the transactions that Cuba does 
a country that is extremely poor is costing them even more and making life you know, very difficult for the Cuban people. Now you said, Terry, uh, you used a phrase that our friend uh, Vijay Prashad recently used saying that Cuba is a state sponsor of healthcare, not terrorism. And that's something we wanna use in this campaign as we build a campaign. And we want this campaign to be, not only all of you should go onto the uh, codepink.org website and sign the new petition saying Cuba's a state, is not a state sponsor of terrorism, but we wanna get all kinds of organizations, healthcare groups, um, uh, doctors associations, nurses, uh, unions. Um, we want to get uh, legal uh, associations. We want to get economists, <laughs> pharmacists, your um, local pharmacy. And we want to make it an international campaign because Cuba has sent healthcare brigades to about 160 countries. That's almost all countries in yeah. the world. We want to get those countries to join us to say Cuba is not a state sponsor of terrorism. We want leaders like uh, the leader of Mexico here has said, right? What has he said well, about Cuba? He has, you know, some of you may uh, remember last summer when he did that fabulous discourse uh, on the 238th um, anniversary of Simone Bolivar's birth, where he talked about Cuba that regardless uh, of how you feel politically, politics aside, that the people of Cuba have endured 60 years of US oppression and that they uh, deserve uh, um, United Nations award. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, he is really humanitarian yeah. award. For, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and they really, they really do what they have endured as a people. Um, yeah. He, he's, and he believes in lifting the blockade fully and incorporating them fully into the Americas. But he believes in more than just Cuba being fully incorporated too. Well, and the fact that he refused to go to the summit of the Americas because uh, Cuba, so Nicaragua, and Venezuela weren't invited, I think gives us the opening for this campaign. Um, this is the moment to do it. When Latin America is changing and moving much more uh, to the left, when uh, we have leaders like AMLO, the president of Mexico, who is so clearly saying that the blockade must be lifted, uh, and when you have changing demographics inside the Cuban-American community in the United States, uh, I think uh, we won't get this until after the elections in November, but we have to build the base for that. And that's what we're trying to do right now. So we need your ideas. We need your help. We want to create a whole uh, campaign with volunteers that will work with us on this. Uh, and there's so much that we can do because it's so absurd and mean-spirited and inhumane to have Cuba on this list. The only country in the world, despite its tiny size and how poor it is, that sends medical missions around the world to help with earthquakes, tsunamis, Ebola, uh, COVID, you name it, the Cubans are the first ones there to save lives, not to take lives. And so Cuba really needs our support right now. You know, maybe we could draw um, a couple parallels for, it's a, it's very minor what's affecting U, the U.S. population right now. I mean, compared to what has been inflicted on Cuba in the last six years. But you look at our own country, our own friends and family, who are, you know, we're all kind of screaming that because of the sanctions on Russia, our gas prices are going up, domestic prices 
inside the United States, and people are really upset about that and the inflation that is causing. Now imagine living with that for 60 years and just having it continually by external forces and external decisions compounded year after year after year. Yeah, so it's just you're right. It's a, exactly. It's a little bit, and, and you realize how up in arms people are yeah. here about the prices they're paying at the gas pump. Well, I'm going to say here in Mexico, there. people are driving across the border from California and Texas. Coming into Mexico. here too, and they're not happy about yeah, that either. True. It's really happening all over the world. But you're right. Cuba's been dealing with 60 years for 60 years. But you know, Terry, um, we were in Cuba during the Obama time when they lifted those uh, many of those sanctions. Yeah. And there was just a spirit of optimism that was so beautiful. And it was a win-win situation. There were businesses in the U.S. that were flocking to Cuba and making deals with Cuba. There were really great. people from Hollywood yeah. going to Cuba and shooting films there. Um, there were lots of tourists going and they loved, look, I, I've never met a tourist who hasn't adored Cuba. They love Cuba. And so it was a real sense of things are going to improve. Yeah. Our lives are getting well, better. Human response. Exactly. Yeah. All countries in the hemisphere of the Americas were like, regardless, again, of their diplomatic relations and politics, everyone was like, we're all included well, that's very important you bring that up because when Biden now has done such a bad job at the Summit of the Americas with all of these different leaders boycotting it, um, and he sees the move to the left in Latin America, and he wants to have some influence in Latin America, he's going to Colombia soon, he's going to be getting an earful like he just probably did from the Mexican president saying, you have to change your position on Cuba. That everybody around the continent is saying that. People yeah. in the Caribbean are saying that. And so I that's why I think that after November, we're going to have the possibility of really forcing Biden's hand on this. And the lifting of the state-sponsored terrorism is exactly the, the, the perfect campaign to do right now. And so if people want to get in touch with us, uh, they can write to us at info at copepink.org and say that you'd like to work with us on this campaign, or you've got some ideas that you want to uh, plant for us, uh, some people you think would be excited about working on this. Um, this is really going to be a fun campaign. Yeah. We're going to get so positive. Yeah, yeah, it's really positive, and it's a simple message. And it, it's a simple message. It's a strong message, and it's a very simple thing for the president to do. It does not need an act of Congress. This is something that can happen tomorrow morning on the president's desk. It can happen that quickly and should in in our. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a great project and. Uh, and an easy project, and we just want to motivate and mobilize as many of you uh, as possible. It's a really pretty simple, straightforward thing to support, and um, and then let's all go to Cuba. Yes, and, and we'll be having a trip in October and another one in November, so stay in touch with us, and uh, yes, let's go to Cuba, and let's get Cuba off that ridiculous list that it should never have been put on. So what else shall we say before we close? Can I mention real one quick thing? Because I think what we've talked about tonight kind of ties in um, 
one uh, specific couple other countries in the hemisphere, but specifically, you know, when we talked about uh, putting Cuba on the state sponsor of terrorists, what that allows bank financial institutions to do, what what sort of sanctions and blockading that allows to happen. This is why in March of 2015, uh, President Obama declared Venezuela an extraordinary threat to US security. Because once he declared that, then the whole sanctions regime was allowed to start. So this is this is how it's done. For Cuba, it's been 60 years. 60 years they've survived it. But those are the tools. This is what uh, the government, the US government does. And it sets the stage to Im implement a, a sanctions regime. So, so what else should we mention? Well, I think that's it. I think we want to get people involved and we want to um, get this campaign to be like the campaign we had to uh, to get the Nobel Peace Prize for the Cuban mm -hmm. uh, medical uh, missions, which we got people from all over the world signing up for that. And it was really a beautiful global effort that um, inspired the Cuban doctors and nurses themselves. And uh, it made people learn more about it and appreciate these international missions. And that's why I think on this campaign, it is very important to show that Cuba is a state sponsor of healthcare uh, and not of terrorism. So yes, I, I think we just want to get people enthused and, and have them work with us. So come work with us with us, and, and, and come to Cuba with us. We do both. So, okay, everyone, thank you for joining us this week. I want to I want to remind you, you've been watching What the F is Going On in Latin America and the Caribbean, Code Pink's weekly YouTube program of hot news out of the region. You can catch us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Code Pink YouTube Live every Wednesday. Uh, we can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Telegram, and RadIndieMedia.com. And be sure to catch Code Pink Radio every Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, on WBAI out of New York City and WPFW out of Washington, DC. And again, you can catch Code Pink Radio um, also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So uh, so if you miss the live live broadcasting, there's always a place to hear it. And um, and we'll see you all next week. And please be, for, be sure to join us in this campaign. We look forward to working with all of you uh, going forward. Thank you so much, Terry. Okay. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.